hard as ever, I can tell you that. Right We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, I don't get a day break, they ain't cold. It's no good! He missed it! He missed it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of the Soda City Sit Down. This is the first episode in the 70s that I've been on. Uh, Austin, too. I missed everybody last week. We've got more of a full podcast. Uh, We're still missing Devin this week, probably. We haven't heard from him, but I'm assuming that he is at work at his new job at Chick-fil-A in West Ashley. He's a Chick-fil-A man. He is a Chick-fil-A man. It is his pleasure to do whatever whatever it is that he needs to do and so if you are in the area if you're listening and are close to the uh the chick-fil-a uh it's officially like the ashley crossing i think is what it's called uh but i don't know that area is ashley crossing i know it as uh glenn mcconnell in west ashley uh go check him out go stop by ask for devin Make sure he gives Don't you... Don't like, actually extra. do that. Devin would be... He would no. be so awkward driving Please do it. That would be even better. Definitely Please ask for it. Devin. That is why we're doing this. Make sure you ask for, like, extra Chick-fil-A sauce or, like... Or give him, like, a problem, like, go up and order, like, McNuggets. And then he'll be like, we don't have that. Sir, this is a Wendy's. Is. Like make him flush, like fluster him, like please, please. Uh, but, yeah, but for myself, uh, just kind of have to, you know give myself some life news i'm sure austin's got some as well uh but i heard matt talking about his new dog last week on the podcast uh i wasn't here during last tuesday night's recording because i myself was reluctantly getting a dog i was bombarded with a facebook post of a rehomed golden doodle and uh about pretty much this exact time uh, 8 45 last tuesday it's been officially a week I went and picked up this dog from some house right around the corner. So I am a new dog dad to go along with being a person dad. And it has been, it's been quite a week. It's been interesting. Uh, lots of pee and poop on the floor, mainly from the toddler, also from the dog. <laughs> I was about to say from who specifically, but. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Your life sounds so great, Tyler. I'm so jealous. <laughs> it, what's dog. funny? What's funnier that you can just hear the excitement on his voice about having to go get this dog, like just the radiation I, of excitement. I did not. I did not want this dog necessarily. Um, I mean, it, she's a great dog. Uh, her her name is Folly. I think I mentioned she's a she's a golden doodle. Oh, I didn't know you decided on the name. We did decide on the name. I still wanted to name it Nilla. Uh, I still wish it was Nilla, but Folly was an adequate second place, um, and Mary Catherine and I could not break away from our number one choices so we just decided that since folly was each of our number twos then we would just go with that one so she's cute she's a cute dog she is she is she's pretty good actually uh it's just golden doodles are expensive and i did not <laughs> expect this time last week or i didn't expect at i guess earlier in the um earlier in the day last tuesday i did not expect to be a a dog owner by the end of the day but here we are and we're a weekend so it's uh, it's a good time have you figured out what happens when you're married shit just happens in like a day that you didn't expect yeah or... yeah pretty much <laughs> i already knew that um but i had been pretty good at like holding this off really just like with advances the on the cage for a dog for the first two years and some change uh and also being in the relationship for like 
five years before that. So I'd done a good job. I mean, it was a good seven-year run. Uh, but, you know, once once the kid's able to talk and ask as well, it's uh, it's a little bit harder to say no. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a rough defeat, uh, pun intended, because of the rough uh, last Tuesday. Oh. oh. Uh, yeah, I've had my dog for two weeks. Tyus had his for one. Uh, I, I definitely agree with the, uh, the poo and pee everywhere. So. Yeah. We're getting better though. I mean, we got pads out. He's he's done a good job of that. I just had to th- had to put him out of the room I was in because he was trying to eat uh, whatever he could find on the floor. And and uh, on cue, uh, Jeff Heinrich just slammed a home run. So that's, uh, that's good news. Spoiler. Yeah, we've got. Where are you ahead of me? You know, I'm I'm actually live at at Clemson right now. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Sounds- Sounds pretty dead there, actually. So what does that make it? Does it make it four two? Yeah, still, still looking, looking rough here. Um, but but we've two, already won the series. Top of the eighth. We've already won yeah. the season series. This would just be icing on the cake if we can. It would be icing it. on the cake. Of course, we never want to lose in any regard. You know, the sweep is always the most ideal. But you know, if I we mean, do all we have to do is go to extra innings and then have Eister come up and then we're, True. we're golden. So or my, end them. my week hasn't been quite as. Uh, well, I guess it's been quite as exciting. I mean, getting a new puppy is always a big thing. I, myself, have just relocated to uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. So I'm still in SEC country, boys. We're okay. We're still in SEC country. We're good. Uh, yeah, I'm here at Keesler Air Force Base now. Um, doing some medic stuff. This is my first PCS, my first duty station. So I'll be here for the foreseeable future. And, of course, as I'm coming here, Clayton is leaving. So I'll be all by myself here in uh, the bayou of mississippi just as we planned it i know that, that's usually how it goes <laughs> yeah i'm planning on coming back home to south carolina next week assuming that there's enough gas for me to to, to yes. get home that'll be but, the trick uh, i'm looking forward to coming home seeing all the all my my family and and friends and hopefully we can uh do something for the podcast but uh, i guess Maybe. there won't be too many of us there Ah, I mean, I know. guess everybody but Austin. Matt, yeah, Matt's the only one in the Soda City at well, this point. It's a now. good thing we don't have to drive to work, like this job, uh, not our actual jobs, but this job. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, I was like, okay, maybe you don't have to. <laughs> That's also I, fair. I, I, I don't have to drive to work either. I was fair like, uh, <laughs> I do have to drive to work. Uh, so I actually filled up today because I needed to anyway, not because I'm one of those panic-induced people. Um, but normally I do let the car get down to like empty, like where I'm coasting into the gas station. Uh, but I was at like a quarter of a tank and I was, I heard the rumblings of this shortage on the radio and some other people the night before. Uh, so I, I went and filled up, uh, but just one tank. I'm not one of these crazy people that like went to Lowe's and bought out all of their like gas canisters. Uh, like I've seen some people do, uh, via Twitter and other social media platforms, but, uh, but yeah, um, it was a it's a big week all around. Uh, it was uh, Mother's Day, so uh, happy Mother's Day, belated Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, and it was also uh, graduation weekend at the University of California. So congratulations to all of those grads. Yeah, congrats to all and, the Golden Bear grads. We're very proud. Yeah, of you. all those Golden Bear grads. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll get into a little bit more on that. Um, if you if you don't know what we're talking about, you absolutely live underneath a rock. But um, but yeah, we will we will definitely touch on that um, a little bit down the road. And if you have listened to this podcast before, I'm pretty certain you can probably 
guess what segment we will be talking about that little incident in. But before we get all the way there, just want to plug all of our social medias. Uh, we are at Soda City Sit Down on Twitter and Instagram, so please give us a follow on both of those. Uh, we are still on Anchor for everything, so you know we put out that link every single week, so you can follow us and listen to us on whatever your preferred listening platform is. And uh, if you uh, have the opportunity to subscribe to us, like us, give us a review on those platforms, please do. We definitely appreciate everything. But now it is time to get into baseball. And it is starting to get a little sad to talk about baseball. It was kind of our, our high point there for a while, but now it's kind of getting that same little rut that talking about men's basketball and football felt like because... This weekend, we dropped our third straight series, SEC series, and our second straight series to a Mississippi team. Uh, number four, Mississippi State came to town, took the first two games off of us, but we did salvage that Sunday game with a walk-off in the 11th inning, which is kind of cool, but, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, you still lost the series and, you know, had to go to 11th innings to avoid getting swept. But what did you guys think? Did you have any uh, big takeaways or anything, or...? I don't want to like make a direct comparison, but I'm really hoping this is kind of like that Vandy series where we were just yeah. kind of outmatched, mm-hmm. and then we, we managed to pull one off, give us some momentum going into a really, really important next yeah. uh, two series. But I, I'm at this point, I'm kind of with you. I'm, I think it, it almost seems like the jury is out on this one, and that it, it's starting to look like South Carolina is... A, a top twenty five baseball team maybe and and maybe and maybe that's it yeah. I, I hope I hope we can compete enough to uh, potentially host a regional I think that's that's kind of far fetched at this point but still possible uh, but we have a lot to prove over the next two weeks um, an easier series against Kentucky coming up that mm-hmm. we really need to win just to get off the mat right now yeah. And I don't want to. I, I didn't get a chance to come on last week's pod and kind of shove it into Clayton's face. But now that we are another series removed, I think is it is it clear now why it was so important to win that Ole Miss series to go out there and win that Ole Miss series? Or, or are we still thinking? I I think one of the two. We, we really talked there. about last week was how your you were delusional saying that it was a must-win series. <laughs> that they yeah. were a very good team and going there to win was was going to be really tough. But yeah, I, I, do, saying, I want not, to say I'm something before we go that. off on this tangent. I just want to say a couple things about, about the team as a whole. And I will say that this team is clutch. Whenever it comes down to the wire in a tied game going late late into the, you know, in eighth, ninth inning or, or in extras, we're, we're pretty damn good. We somehow always manage to – have we lost an extra inning? Uh, lost in UNC. Yeah, yeah we, we did lose Other than seat. that. But I mean, we've had multiple wins. We we're a very clutch team when it comes down to the wire, and you know that could bode well for us, you know, in the in the postseason. But I, the problem really is getting doesn't. to that point for us has been hard recently. Because I don't yeah. want to have to get I don't want to have to get in those kind of situations in the postseason because then you're wasting your pitching and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it, I mean, and I said that in the mid-season review that we did a couple weeks ago about how this team is just it's got grit and it does buckle down and, and win ball games when uh, you know one hit can can change everything and, and take it all home. Unfortunately, 
they don't get a lot of hits anywhere else. And that's really been the problem over the last three series. And it's, I mean, we're what, two and two and seven? Two, yeah, I did the math right. Yeah, over the last three series. I had to think about yeah, that for a second. Yeah, two and seven. So that's pretty pathetic considering how we were in the first five series. Uh, where we I were mean, to be fair, we also played really tough competition. We played really tough competition. Yes, yes. But, I mean, you, I mean, I don't know. We just were very uncompetitive in pretty much all of those series. Uh, yeah, well, Arkansas, our losses, Arkansas we've, we've wasn't, I, I, well, Arkansas wasn't uncompetitive. I thought we were very competitive against Arkansas. But really in the last two series, we were uncompetitive. Vastly uncompetitive. I mean, I don't yeah, think we would... we've looked really bad in a few of our losses, uh, yeah. particularly Friday night against Mississippi State. Just really looked horrible. I, I do think there was a bit of a turning point this weekend that kept us in in contention for getting a win this weekend. Thankfully, we were able to pull it off on Sunday. But when we were down nine to one on Saturday, it was looking a lot like Friday, and then we pulled off five five runs in the late innings to kind of get us get our way back into it. Eventually, you know, we never really got that close. Mm-hmm. But like things like that are important. I mean, being able to to do something and not giving up on a game is super helpful. Yeah. And as we've said multiple times, I think to almost one of the highest extremes I've seen a baseball team, it is so momentum based for this team. Yes. I mean, when when they when they lose, they kind of compound losses. They're a super streaky hitting team, a super streaky just winning team in general. We've seen so many streaks just happen this year. It's 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 kind of incredible how it's been, but yeah. Um, yeah, to this point, I think the one takeaway that, that I had, I had to try to put it into perspective when we sat here on the podcast in January, February, before the season, and it was like, well, the team hasn't been that good in the previous years, but you know, we are a, a year in and year out of a very solid program, mm-hmm. uh, have a great baseball stadium, have a really good recruiting class coming in, and you know, I, I think that when we sat here, we talked about we wanted to beat Clemson in the season series. We've done that, whether we win or win tonight or lose. We, we've at least taken two out of three. Uh, the second goal was, you know, obviously you got to make the tournament. Like that's that's almost not even a goal because a goal sounds like something you're like reaching for. It's like a baseline thing. You when you're playing for when when it's South Carolina baseball, we are making the tournament year yeah. in and year out. And we've had too many years recently where we didn't make it, and we're going to make it this year. So. By that, by by what we've seen so far, we're a tournament team. And then the last one was going 500 in SEC play. We know how many elite, elite teams are in the SEC. We've yeah. played all of them at this point, practically. Yes. And or you know, we will by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, <laughs> and we we still have to play Tennessee as well, who's a, a really solid team. But going 500 in SEC te- play, totally, totally there. We're 12 and 12 right now with an easier series away and a harder series at home. So. Certainly, those are all there, and and based on what we were looking at going into the season, that that's our goals are still there. Yeah. Now, it, it doesn't help that we started a lot better than expectations and have slowly faded away from no. that a little bit more below. But when you look at it as a whole, that's where we are. And then once we get to the postseason, anything can happen. We know what this team's strengths are. Pitching seems really solid for most of the year. Our hitting has a lot of power. Every once in a while, it can be streaky. Put it all together, and something special could happen. So I guess I like 
No, no. Overall, like I was disappointed Hitting. in the last couple of weeks, but oh, in general, like taking a step back, the team's been pretty damn good this year. Let's make one thing clear: the hitting is always streaky. It's just whether it's a good streak or a bad right. streak. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, and you're absolutely right. When you do step away from this team, it is it is right on par with where we need to be. Um, but it's just yeah, it, it's a big letdown when. We had it seemed like we had so much potential going into this last little, like the second half of the SEC play, where we might be a top ten baseball team, um, and and really, I mean, I think the biggest difference has been the hitting has kept us from maintaining that. Uh, the the defense has been shaky and stuff too, but the thing is, a, a good offense can cover up a bad defense in pretty much anything, and we do not have at least a reliably good offense. And that is what's so frustrating, um, but but yeah, and I know uh, there's still some big series to be played, and I know you mentioned going to the 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 tournament. Well, do we? I don't want to get into this yet. Do we have MVPs and LVPs of the series? Yeah, I can I can go ahead and start. Um, I have a, a very easy LVP that I I'd like to hit, and I've hit before. And, you know, maybe I'm being a little too hard on him, but George Khalil went, uh, I, I don't know what the final stat was. I know the first number in his uh, hits versus at-bats is zero. Uh, his total number at-bats, I just looking through. A, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he had a zero hits, but he had a run. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, that's, 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 real, that's real nice. Yeah, okay, so in, in total, he had 0 for 11, 11 on the series. Yeah. Yeah, terrible. So um, I, I just I've never understood why we continue to play this guy, but it, it's beyond my control. So um, well, tonight I think we've against Clemson, his he defense. didn't play. So I mean, yeah, sure, his defense but, is fine, but just zero and eleven in a series is bad. I mean, you know, he wasn't the only one. We had other guys that were like <laughs> one for ten that are usually our better hitters, but that was one that stuck out. And then uh, for MVP, I am definitely. Gonna go with the man David Mendham. Uh, he was a really solid hitter this week. He actually, I don't even think he he played on uh, in game two, but came off the bench, I guess you could say, for the Sunday matchup. Had a home run, a two run bomb in that one, and then eventually hit the game winner off the wall. Uh, that was huge. He had a great week, and uh, he's he's kind of started to hit a lot better. Like early in the year, he was like your your kind of everyday first baseman, not nothing special like you'd you'd expect to hit from him every once in a while but lately when he comes up to bat he's one of our more consistent guys right now so uh yeah. definitely my my pick for this weekend yeah it's hard to to pick anyone other than Mendham for MVP this week uh because we only won that one Sunday game and he did drive in three of the four runs in that game like you said including the very exciting walk off uh but uh but for me I mean LVP Khalil is an easy option as well, but really it's just everybody. I mean, pitching wasn't fantastic all weekend. You can't say an LVP is everybody. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's at least valuable it? person, not at least valuable team. It's least valuable players. Players. <laughs> I, I, I see. I, I'm looking at our at our at our rundown sheet, and I see MVPs and LVPs. So it's that's a plural because a there's plural more option. than one of us really that are doing everybody. it. Listen, listen. Okay, well, if you're not going to do okay. it, well, let me let me do mine then. Okay. okay. Well, let, well, let me let me just say Kingston Kingston went and 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 absolutely 
reamed the team apparently uh, in a private setting. Was it after Friday or Saturday's game? I think Friday, right? Okay. I'm not sure what you're great, referencing. Great. Okay. So. <laughs> I think Friday. So Kingston, after doing that, probably would agree with me. Pretty much everybody, LVP. I mean, it's just the offense is stagnant, and that is probably a understatement. And it, it, there's just nothing going on. There's nothing going on. They're moving around pitchers, and I don't think that's part of the problem, but maybe it is. And it, it's just it's there's just no life on this team right now. And and so I mean. It, it's you, it's hard to like. I don't want to point one person out and say it's your fault when it's everybody's. It's the entire team. Like it's just there's not like one guy underperforming. It's pretty much everybody. I think you can put some of that on the coaching staff as well. I they've made some decent. Like I don't know if you would consider the the pitching switch up successful or not. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. you got Thomas Farr's start a win. It, it but, wasn't any worse than like. But then you completely just get knocked around on the other two games so i don't know i i thought some of the subs we saw on sunday the third string catcher coming in and and a huge opportunity um just seems questionable but then again he, he put heinrich in heinrich came through clutch so up and down i don't really know what to think about that well i'll go into mine my mvp you know you said that there's really one obvious choice I, I disagree that there. I, I well, I disagree that there's only one choice. I think Brett Carey came in on Sunday and he gave us the chance to win that game. You know, he's our normal closer and he pitched what six innings? Let me make sure. Um, yes, yeah, six innings from your closer, and that's that's kind of insane. He he only yeah. gave up one run in this whole t- that whole time too. He gave us a chance to win that game, and. You know he he de- he deserves a lot of credit. I I was a, a little critical of him really early in the season, but he's come in recently and he's been a been a damn good pitcher for us. And so I I look to see uh, him continuing to be a this uh, mainstay for us. Um, my LVP I'm gonna go with a different person that had only one hit this weekend, and that would be Wimmer. He. Uh, when, when Whittle came on with us uh, a month ago or whenever that was, he specifically called out Wimmer as one of the streaky hitters that uh, that we have on the team. And I'll definitely say that uh, this weekend was one of those cold weekends. And, you know, hopefully he can turn it back around. He is one of the younger guys on our team. So, you know, maybe just being in this long, SEC, grueling SEC schedule is, is kind of getting to him or something. But uh, we, we expect better from him, and uh, hopefully he can turn it around. Yeah, overall, uh, pretty disappointing weekend for the baseball team, but obviously a lot of opportunity left. The season's definitely not gone. This gauntlet of a schedule at least looks like it takes a slight break uh, as we go to Kentucky this weekend. Not a bad team, but definitely not someone like any of the last three teams we played. And then following that, the last uh, series of the year against Tennessee at home is going to be a tough one, but it's always good to be in front of a crowd. Uh, pretty solid crowd here in Columbia. And uh, South Carolina in the rankings in D1 baseball as low as number 25, and that's what's kind of showing on a lot of these ESPN graphics. But it's also important to remember that other other rankings go, do are used and are involved in 
getting regional hosts and uh, NCAA tournament positions. And South Carolina sits at number 12 in the RPI with the number two strength of schedule in the country. And it has, Ooh, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, I, I'm not, well, I'm, I'm, if, correct me if I'm wrong, well, I, don't, I, I would think you guys wouldn't know this off the top of your head, but I, I'm pretty sure we lead the country. Or it, and maybe if we don't lead, we are up there in uh, top 10 wins, or I guess, I don't know what the metric for it is, but basically we have the most quality wins in the country. I wouldn't and be surprised, most, maybe because everybody, every win is a quality win, essentially. We might have the most ranked losses too, just because. Yeah, yeah uh, well, that's saying. that's yeah. absolutely because I mean, when you put throw in the sweep versus Ole Miss and the sweep versus Texas, but then you throw in the sweep against that we had in our favor against Florida. I mean, we've probably got eight to ten like top twenty-five wins out of our twenty-eight, right? I mean, yeah. if there's if there's one thing this team has going for it is that we are experienced in playing against good teams. <laughs> Yeah. That is something I think that could play into our favor uh, in the later parts of the season and the uh-huh. postseason if we get there. So, yeah, we'll see. That that that's that's kind of like what we're looking for here. And, uh, what yeah. last thing on baseball? What do you guys think we'd have to do to host a regional? Because I look at the schedule right now, and uh, as we're down to Clemson four two, assuming we lose this game, I feel like we need to go five and one in our last six SEC games, and then. I don't. That's not including SEC tournament play, where we usually struggle. Yeah, I, I'm saying. I'm saying we we probably need to need to sweep Kentucky and beat Tennessee in a series. I don't think might we have enough. to go five and one. I think we just have to win both of those series. Yeah, win both. I mean, the Tennessee series. is a unless Tennessee dropped this week, they they're a top five, if not top ten team. So I think yeah. you beat Kentucky on the road. You beat Tennessee a top 10 team at least uh, and that puts you in a good position to go into the SEC tournament and as long as you don't suck and you never know just because who knows how the SEC tournament goes it's always a a big question mark for us to go in the SEC tournament but um yeah and and I think this year is different as well uh, because of covid and and they're doing the hosting sites a little bit different so I, I'd be honestly pretty surprised if we didn't host a regional just because of the facilities and stuff that we have. Uh, I mean, we have a good team. We have a good enough team that is on well, the Well, we bubble. might be in a situation where we, like, host, but we're, like, the two seed or something like that. But oh, yeah. I, well, well, I guess that's more of just, like, by hosting, you mean, like, he means, like, you're a one seed. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just thinking if we're the of, two if seed at our own founders. regional, I'd, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I, mean, I guess, yeah, yeah there, because there's, there's you're a lot still of things hosting you can't the games. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, there's there's a lot of these things that are kind of unpredictable with, with the way things are going to be yeah. dealt with this year. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking. We, we've got just kind of wrapping up. Only a couple weeks left of baseball. It's been an up-and-down season. But um, on to the biggest topic of the week. Ooh, flop of the this week. This week's flop of the week. All right, so... <laughs> I, we've been talking about this a lot amongst ourselves, but it's time to put it all out there right now. So for the uh, second time in the last yeah. month. <laughs> it, it's been a couple times going here now, but uh, Bob Castlin, you are the flop of the week. And uh, it, it all started, well, it didn't really all start this week. It just, I kind of all came to a head this week. This is where everything gets brought back up. Well, there's definitely a lot just in general to right. bring out this week. There's like two or three different things. 
Yeah. But uh, if, if you somehow missed it, uh, Bob Caslin at the University of South Carolina graduation ceremony, the commencement ceremony on Friday night, said that uh, the University of California students should be proud of their accomplishments. Um, I mean, they should be. I mean, I'm sure they did great things over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, this is nothing against the UCAL <laughs> students. Of course. Yeah. Nothing I against mean, I'm them. Sure Congratulations I actually, on your graduation as well. <laughs> so, so I actually graduated. Uh, mine was Saturday, I think. I didn't go to commencement. But I graduated for, for my what I thought was going to be my second degree from the University of South Carolina. Uh, joke's on me. I, uh, I guess I have to go fix up my resume and, and put yeah. a UCAL one in there. I'm, I'm sure that'll make it look pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, UCAL's UCAL's quite diverse. Cool. That's impressive. Yeah. I'm proud yeah. of you. Yeah. But uh, that's, that's really bad, first of all. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, even if you can look past everything, oh, it's maybe worse. just, you know, it's a little thing with speech. Maybe you just forget. Yeah. And the worst yeah. part about it is, is like, the, the main video... I mean, it's at Williams Bryce, so in the video, in massive block letters, it says University of South Carolina. I mean, I just don't know how he missed Isn't he that also reading up. a script, like a literal script that I would imagine, you know, says, I mean, maybe he didn't put it on there because yes. he says, there's no way I'm going to forget University yeah, of South Carolina. No way. No and way. Sure he enough. That up. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty bad, but honestly, it's kind of just funny to me. Like,. It's like such an absurd error that it's just funny, and it got memed, and you know people can make jokes about it, and like it's an inexcusable mistake, but also at the same time, like this is a mistake that we can all laugh about. Yeah, I, mean, I think it, it there's does other. Happen. Yeah, so, like, like people mess up. It happens. Like, like, but this is not the the worst part of what happened. Yeah. So that obviously got some some talk going obviously we were we at as as a university we're getting mean but then when it comes out that he blatantly plagiarized a famous military speech from within the last decade i'm pretty sure was when yeah. the actual like, speech was made uh it was at a different graduation speech for university yes. of texas by some admiral i believe yes correct but uh you know that's that's a really really rough look for a university that prides itself on <laughs> the whole plagiarism clause. I mean, students literally get put out of school for any work that they put into the school system that comes back and says, hey, you plagiarize this, whether yeah. or not that may even may or may not even be true. Yeah. But even even like taking small parts of, a, of an essay and, and putting it into your as your own and not citing it, that that's a, a fireable offense when it comes to just paying to go to school, not getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. to be the University of South Carolina school president. I had to throw University of South Carolina out there again just to make sure I'm talking about the right school here. Yes, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to to get that wrong by accident on my University of South Carolina podcast that I'm on here. But all of that being said, you know. It was a really, really bad week for Castle and a rough uh, weekend at the ceremonies. And it, it kind of brought out a lot of... If, if this was just like an individual incident, like you could maybe get by it. Like when it comes to like the, the screw-up with saying California with the, the plagiarism, both of those are bad. But with a guy with a, a high reputation as a school president, you know, you could probably get past that. 
But then you look at the last two years, and about this time two years ago, when a lot of the students and faculty, I would say the vast majority, uh, were, were looking at Caslin's plan and his his sexual assault platform in which he, he pretty much blamed alcohol on the sexual assault issue. Uh, a lot of the students and faculty looked at that and were like, hey, maybe this guy's probably not the one we want. And saw the board of trustees and whoever else was involved looking at that and trying to push him through. McMaster was, was the guy that was behind him. Don't want to get too deep in the politics of all this, but based on everything he was running on and, and everyone's looks toward it, he wasn't qualified based on the prerequisites of the job of having a doctorate at the school. Agree with that or not, it's, it's a thing. And then he gets forced in by McMaster in a, a move, not, not when it was the point of discussion, but after the students were gone from campus over summer break. And, you know, that was a horrible look on the university, a really bad one. And then you continue to watch what, what, what happened. I, I, I don't think it was like, time. it didn't get as much coverage as it really deserved to. I mean, I, it got some by, you know, the local media and like this media that covers specifically the university of South Carolina. But I feel like in like more mainstream stuff, it wasn't really talked about very much. It was just like, yeah, South Carolina hired this new president, which yeah, I think is interesting because it was a very weird situation. Yeah, like don't and, forget because of the process and how the process went, like there was there was a point in time where like the university's accreditation was up in the air because of how horribly managed the the search went, or really the ascension. Not ascension into power, but you know the transition into the Caslin presidency and how he got there. Yeah, it, I I specifically remember wondering if if my degree was going to mean anything, and you know yeah. maybe that was maybe that was jumping to conclusions. I don't think that was ever really an issue. But anytime something like that has to be brought up in in any mm-hmm. way, yeah, like that is that is just not something that we should have gone through. Yeah. And then when you look at Caslin's actual. The last two years he's been here, we, we've seen issues with him meddling with the football and basketball programs, uh, uh, one of which was, was blamed mostly on the board of trustees with the Frank Martin issue. But just any time that that, that is, is the headline, that the board of trustees and the school president are talking about the fate of a current coach on a, in a big sport to, that has to recruit players to come to his school, I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And what, if I remember correctly, I, I remember there being more meddling with the football program at the time. I think maybe when it came to getting rid of Muschamp, I think we'd all agree it was time. And Kasslin was probably pushing for that, folks. So for that, I guess we'll, we'll give him some credit. But then I wanted to make sure to that the... we gave him credit for that because I, I do feel like Kasslin was the one that I heard was most for pushing Muschamp when there were a lot of people, myself included, that were still kind of hesitant with firing him just because of the massive buyout that was going to be associated with that. And he, he really pushed for that. And I think he, I, I give Castlin a lot of credit for how we handled the whole Muschamp firing situation. And he, uh, I think he did a good job with handling the football situation. Basketball, on the other hand, absolutely terrible. But, uh, how much of yeah. that was him versus board of trustees? I don't know. There's a lot of blame to go around uh, because of just how bad that situation was. Yeah, and I, don't, and I also don't want to give him too much credit because I don't like the guy, so I'm going to be petty. 
But, I mean, I, I think most of Castlin in the Muschamp situation was firing him after the Ole Miss game and not at the end of the season. Uh, I think without Caslin, maybe if it was still like the like the Tanner and Pastides duo, I think that it might have been a situation where they said he's going to finish the season and then we're going to fire him after the last game. But Caslin just kind of put his foot down there, which may or may not make a difference. I think the I think we end up in the same product that we are now. Uh, I don't think we would have won any more of our games with or without Muschamp, and we probably still have Shane Beamer as our head coach. So, uh, I mean, congrats, Bob Caslin, on getting the guy out of there four games sooner, three games sooner, whatever it was. Yeah, I don't know. So, I can see a world in which uh, Pastides would have not fired Muschamp after the year and just because I'm pretty sure that's what the board wanted was to not pay the 1916-whatever million dollars. Yeah. But it's... I, I'd like to say that the Castling is not all bad. He definitely has yeah. some huge problems that have occurred in a relatively short amount of time. But uh, you can't just only shit on the guy. There are some positives. In no, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, as, as we just look, like as anybody... we look over. Oh, good. No, you're good. Oh, I was gonna say, I, there's always. There's always positives with anybody. I mean, nobody is just complete, complete negative. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, and, I mean, he, he's probably done a good job at keeping everything afloat during COVID uh, in a time where there's a lot of money that's being lost. I don't think there's been too many, like, people, university employees that are laid off. I could be wrong on that, and apologize if I am. Uh, but at least on the mainstream news cycle – it has not appeared as such, um, which is always good. If you can keep the people that are underneath you in their jobs, fantastic. I mean, that is one of the most important aspects of his position, I would have to imagine. But, I mean, when you look at the last two months of his job performance, he's lost the faith of the university's biggest donor ever, ever, in Darla Moore. Uh, she's basically come out and said that she's I – mean, not basically. She has come out and said that she is continuously embarrassed – by the school, and this is what had Bob Caslin as our flop of the week just a couple weeks ago. Uh, he let the board bully him in what seemed to be a done decision uh, in firing Martin. Uh, the board bullied him into taking money away from an academic school. Uh, I can't remember which school it was, but they wanted to put some more funding into something, and they said, we're not going to give this to you if you fire Martin. I mean, you got to be able to stand your ground and not get bullied like that if you've made your decision. And then with all of this, I mean, yes, you can laugh off of the the whole University of California thing, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, thank God he didn't say South California because that would have absolutely just buried us even more in the in debacle of who is a real USC. But, I mean, how, how do you – I just – I know you might be nervous and all this kind of stuff. I just don't know how you get it that wrong. It just is very confusing to me. Um, but, I mean, but – but that's not even the biggest problem for someone of his stature and position from that commencement. It was literally plagiarizing. And just in two months, all of those things have happened. All of those things have happened. That's not good. I mean, if anybody else in any other position, you're going to get fired. I mean, if you lose your biggest source of money, and then there's alumni that are absolutely angry. So you've lost all of your like your big, your big donor, your big fish, 
and then you're losing all your little fish too because all these people that would say oh, i'll give you know these little donations here and there but you use thousands of people that give those little donations you're losing all the stuff. I mean, it's well, just... Well, that adds up. That adds up really quickly. It adds and up, like, any, exactly. any Anytime you get any sort of alumni to say they're... Not even Darla Moore, but it's other, you know, smaller donors or just like random... I don't want to say random, but other alumni who come out and say that they're embarrassed to be have graduated from here. Like, that yeah. hurts. Like, you never want to hear any alumni of any stature come out and say that, exactly. you know, because of our current president's actions, our school president's actions, that they're embarrassed to be part of the university. Mm-hmm. And it's and all I avoidable. Think that's going to be really important in the next probably a week or so it, it i don't want to compare it necessarily to a like a sports team like like comparing it to will muschamp when his his tenure was coming down but the way i see it like everyone involved in this university and even those outside of the universities specifically this week i mean it's a disappointment the the tenure is is just going to be remembered so far by this i, I don't see a way it really gets turned around and I just think that I maybe I don't speak for everyone, as I've been told um, many times this week. I don't speak for everyone. We don't speak for everyone. But I think we all agree that it's it's time to move on. I think there's just been too many failures from the start with this. And I think it would represent not only a, a new leaf for us as a university, but I can't imagine Bob Caslin wants to be in this position or, or really, really envies whoever takes the job next to this position. I mean, I, I just don't think he, he's he's there. He I don't think he yeah. wanted the position in the beginning when, when there was so much backlash about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to move on. The newest update we have is that he's given an offer for resignations to the Board of Trustees, but it was rejected for the time being. I don't really know what that means. Like, on the surface, that looks like like you'd imagine he'd just walk in with a letter to, the bo- to a a round table of the trustees and they all just look at him and they're like, nah, you're staying. Yeah. But <laughs> Don't in effect, I think it, I think it is more compli- much more complicated than that. I, I don't think it's over necessarily. Um, but there, there's more updates to come soon. Uh, hopefully at this time next week, we, we have some more clarity on the situation, but I personally think it's time to move on, and yeah. it, this whole last two years never should have happened. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, I'm, I'm kind of with you and Clayton, and that I think like the uh, sorry, Tyler, but I, I'm kind of with you yeah, and Clayton. Yeah, I think like he's kind of doing maybe not the best, but the position that he was thrown in, um, kind of like the way the whole process pl- uh, played out. Like you know, he's kind of doing not everything he can, but he's definitely in like an awkward situation, you know, like maybe this job obviously wasn't for him the way he was kind of just presented the job by McMaster. Um, like his background is more, you know, we all know he has that military background, which doesn't really translate over to kind of what he's doing here. We're obviously not a military school, you know, we're, we're, we're a public school. And nobody school, is so bashing like, that military background. Like yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Of course. Of course. No None of us are doing that. that. We're just saying that, that's not like that doesn't mean anything necessarily in this role yes like you can you can look at his success outside of what he's done yeah. as a he's, as the school he president. is a very successful guy yes yes it's just not that doesn't pretend like they don't and i was saying this these are not mutually exclusive he can have been amazing at what he was doing in the in the military he can be a great military man he might be a great leader in that aspect but what he's done right now as the president of our university is is bad is horrible um and 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 i'm not gonna say that's okay because that's not okay but what i mean by that's okay is like we can't 
expect that from somebody who really doesn't have the experience in this kind of aspect, um, doing this kind of leadership role. It's totally different than he would be doing on the military side. So in that sense, and like just the the, the circumstances of like his hiring and like kind of the things that are unfolding with like you know the Muschamp tenure coming to an end, and now Frank Martin, and like uh, kind of all the things he's having to deal with, and it seems like him and the board kind of not getting along. You can kind of see why some of these things are affecting him and like his his what he's doing as the president so you there's some things you have to kind of look past but in a, in a whole like i can see why you know i'm with matt like it you know if he's gonna submit a resignation letter you kind of have to listen and you know find out if, if this is the right move going forward So yeah, that I guess pretty much wraps up the talk. I don't know if anyone else had any f- closing thoughts on the situation. The only thing I do want to say is I, I don't want to act like he's innocent in how he came into the job. Like everyone's like, oh well, I mean he did come in to, 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 through tough circumstances. You know, McMaster didn't make him take the job. This was the classic good old boy situation, and and he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was getting into. He's not innocent. Uh, and, and it was never going to be an easy job for anybody coming in after Prestides because he's was and still is beloved by everybody associated with the school. But, I mean, when you bring someone in like that, like we said, is already underqualified and it just – the wheels are already shaky and they just keep falling off. So I think, yeah, I agree. Time to cut, cut the cord on this one. I think all that needs to be said is that just everybody in here – wants what is best for the University of South Carolina. Yeah. And um, there's just been a series of embarrassing things that should not happen with mm-hmm. this university. It is not just about sports. It's about the university as a whole. Thank you. Yes. And we would hope that the president would be a good representation of what the university stands for. Yeah. And I'll do, although I do think, Castlin has some good qualities that do represent a lot of the things that the that the university stands for. Mm-hmm. There's also been a uh, a recent string of things that kind of lead you to believe that it's it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And whether that happens or not, uh, we hope that the board will do what is right for the university. Although their history is questionable with that, but. Uh, you know, let's just hope that it all turns out all right. Yeah, I want to get on another yeah. soapbox real quick, uh, just to kind of transition with what Clayton was saying. It is kind of beyond the sport. I mean, yeah, obviously we are a sports podcast, right? But above and beyond everything else, we're all Carolina alumni. So we care. We've put money into that school. We you know we've got degrees. We have put time, effort, everything. So for people to literal just blood, us, sweat, and yeah, tears. little blood, sweat, and tears. So <laughs> for people to come at us and tell us to just sit back and watch, like no, we are part of that alumni association. The same ones. I'm not saying I'm embarrassed per se, but we're part of that same group. We have every right of that same group that's going out there and saying I'm embarrassed to be a part of this. I can't believe this is happening. Like we have that same voice, that same aptitude to go out there and do that. We put little yes, literal blood, sweat, and tears. Like we talk about you know sports. 
sports, but t- we can't really talk about sports without the school because the school and the sport are the same. They represent the same entities. We represent that same entity yeah. because we graduated from there. So it's not just shut up and dribble, sit back and watch. Like, no, we're going to talk about it because this pertains to us. This pertains to something I care about. This pertains to the sports in general that we care about too because Kazan is the is the president. So it's not just, hey, sit back and, you know, talk about the sports. Like, no, we, we're going to – like, this pertains to everything that's important to us. So – that's all I gotta say on that before I go any further. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with that, and it, it also just like to think this doesn't affect sports somehow. We've seen how, what it's done for sports. Like things like this are very important in, in pretty much all aspects of the university, from education to sports to donors to everything. And uh, as as we wrap up this segment, I will give a mention to some good things the university has done this week. Um, I my family is is. And is very close with the Hyatt family, one of uh, the the biggest donors in the university, and has been for a long time. And um, at uh, a, at a late age, and he was he was ready to go. But Marvin Hyatt, um, a, a longtime donor to the university, and someone I've known for a long time, uh, growing up as a kid, uh, passed away this week. And uh, what I did see the university do is the Gamecock Club had a great message about him. Uh, I know personally that uh, Shane Beamer, as well as many others involved in the university, reached out personally uh, via video message and, and other formats to, to reach out to the family and um, give their condolences after you know this kind of situation was flubbed with Darla Moore. It's good to see that there was, there was definitely some fixes to that situation. So hopefully, at least in some aspects, things will, will start getting back to normal. Uh, I thought that was definitely pretty touching from that end. Uh, but then, really, just to move on, we've got uh, just a couple quick hits. And uh, we'll we'll start at the men's basketball. And it sounds like Jermaine Cousinard and Keyshawn Bryant are expected back for next year. And whether we were getting one or both of those guys back, I think it would be a huge help. Um, I thought Cousinard had a pretty bad season this year. Bryant definitely took his game up a up a level. So, you know, there's there's still a ton, and we're not going to know for a while. And I still probably won't have huge expectations for next year. But with with all the transfers we've gotten, and it's seemingly decent guys. Like these aren't aren't scrubs coming from D two schools or anything. Like these are these are good players. And then when you you're talking about getting guys of the talent level that Cousinard and Bryant have. I mean, if, if, if a couple of these guys can put it together and really boost their games, like, we could have a, a, a much better team than this past year, uh, yeah. next year. But it, that'll be something we kind of wait and see until it gets closer. But definitely good news coming from that front this week. Uh, past that, uh, there's a surprise recruit. Um, I guess I say surprise just because it hasn't been announced yet, but... Uh, we should be hearing, uh, maybe by the time this is out, it's already been discussed, but I imagine it's a situation where the kid has verbally committed to the coaching staff, but maybe hasn't announced it to the public, and uh, everyone involved in that process is kind of giving the kid the chance for his moment to make that commitment. So, uh, Do we want to take guesses on who it is? Uh, let, let's do surprise recruit guesses, wrong answers only. Uh, Jadavian Clowney's long-lost little brother. <laughs> okay, okay. What else we got? Jim Jebo. Jim Jebo. Ooh, <laughs> giving us a little tease. Shauner Kaw. <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, a little on the too soon category. Uh, 
Gunner Stockton. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Damn. Bob Castlin has committed, has decommitted from the University of California. Oh, man. It's a flip. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, those are definitely wrong answers. Yes. Oh, man. But Austin, yeah, like Austin the, said, the, the Austin, you quick, take quick that? Hit? Yeah, so uh, speaking of Jim Jebo, his long-lost cousin Tim Tebow, um, you know, yes, that Tim Tebow has signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but no. Not as a quarterback. Is he officially, or is it just? Like, no, no. This is official. He has signed a one-year deal, one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars as to play as a tight end. Um, he's been at the NFL for God, I don't even know how many years now. Since like what twenty? I think it's like, like eight, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's something crazy. So, uh, you know, uh, Lawrence's days perhaps are numbered already. Even though you know Tebow is playing tight end, <laughs> you know he he may not have much to work with. You know if he starts sucking, they might throw Tebow in there at quarterback. Um, well, this just this just obviously shows, uh, you know, there were some rumors that um, that you know Meyer might team back up with his former quarterback, and I guess everybody thought, wow, what if they take, what if they take uh, Fields at number one? Like, how crazy would that be? It was just a smokescreen. But plot twist, yeah, plot twist. It was Tim Tebow. All about the smokescreens. Very smokescreen. Uh, and and I guess I, I wish this was something that happened ten years ago. Uh, because I love Tim Tebow, and I would have loved to seen him, you know, do it when he was actually like young enough to like maybe like st- get into a prime as a tight Not end. Waste his time in baseball. Exactly, right. exactly. I, and I had fun watching the baseball because I got to see him in in Columbia when he was a Firefly, uh, and you know that's something that you know that'll be something when they make the thirty for thirty. 20 years from now, and I'm sitting on the couch with my kids, and they're like, what's going on? You would not believe your eyes. I I saw that live. Like, I I actually went and saw him play baseball. (laughs) Uh, So I I definitely enjoyed that. Um, But but I I do wish that it would have been something that he did do. It was something that people said he should have done from the get-go, and, you know, it took eight years, ten years for it to happen. Uh, So it's kind of one of those – it'll be one of those sports what-ifs for a while, I believe. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. I know he always said I would only play in the NFL as a quarterback, as a quarterback, as a quarterback. But for him to, like, kind of, you know, swallow his pride a little bit and come in and, you know, I know it's been eight years, but to swallow his pride a little bit and play as a tight end. I mean, this was a position that a lot of people said he should have transitioned to anyway, that they thought he'd be really good. Um, yeah. I'm with Tyler. I think this should have happened a while ago. I think he's well past his prime now. I mean, he's already 33. So I have, I have questions about, like, how many plays he's actually going to be a part mm-hmm. of, like his, you know, how well he's actually going to do. And he's been at a football for a long time and that's a long time to come right back in we know he's athletic playing baseball and all that but you know baseball in baseball shape and in football shapes totally different things so i'm interested to see how this plays out for sure yeah Yeah. i think it it can't hurt to be honest like i don't have any expectation for him to actually play but uh i think as a leadership role at worst he he comes in there and is, is that if he's actually able to play in some aspect then sure even better um, I, what I don't really get is the, just like the criticism about it, like especially toward him. Like, what's the guy supposed to do? Say no to like getting asked to come play for your college coach who like you. He was a very good player, and yeah, like like you said, it, it, maybe he should have done this a while ago. And it's it is <laughs> the wildest part about it is it's just been so long since he played football and all the things he's done since then. But Absolutely. I mean, sure, I mean mm-hmm. it's a good thing for him. I, I guess it's remotely related to. To Columbia, just because he was a part of uh, the Fireflies a while ago, and the Fireflies actually have opening day tonight, so 
Uh, it's the first time in like just about two years since they played in that stadium, so that's that's big stuff. It's crazy. I do have one last question. Uh, who's picking up Tebow in fantasy football this year? Oh, absolutely, I will do it. First round pick. And y'all will y'all would dog me for it. Tyler like, would, but he's gonna be like the best tight end in the league. The thing is, really the thing is, I do it, and it's a it's a um, it's an odd year, so it's my year. And Tebow's gonna be like <laughs> the the star tight end. <laughs> Play. I mean, it's, he's going to be like... He's going to have 10 touchdowns and 800 exactly. yards. Exactly. Do it for the brand, Tyler. Do it for the brand. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. So, I, I'd be interested... I mean, it will be interesting to see like if he does get playing time. Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's been a long time. But, I mean, he has some quarterbacking abilities. Uh, and, you know, he was obviously... I mean, he was a great rusher as well when he... You know, a rushing quarterback at least when you know it was back in in his prime if you want to call it that uh so it it'll be very interesting to see how they do it you know i think there's a lot of different packages you could see timothy tebow in um i wish it was earlier but it, it will be kind of exciting but anyone else have anything to add anywhere else uh, yeah, real quick. I didn't get to hit on it last week. Um, Cle- oh, by the way, Clayton and Matt did a fantastic job talking about like the draft and everything last week. So kudos to them. Right. I know it's just I know it's just a t- <laughs> I know it's just a two man podcast, but y'all did great. Um, all I wanted to say real quick was I'm very happy with what Miami did, especially in the first two rounds. Um, I had a great time watching the draft with everybody. I know we had a good time um, for the most part. So uh, yeah, I'm really happy with what Miami did. Looking forward to good things. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right, so I'm thinking that is going to wrap up episode 71 for us. Uh, Hopefully y'all made it this far. And uh, if so, we will be looking forward to having y'all back next week.